Hello, folks. Welcome to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. Bill Gallagher back with you again over on the road again, over in the land. Uh, we've got our good friend here, Mr. Everett Ruskowski. He's going to be joining us in a minute. Emmett, hello. Hey, how's it going, Bill? It is so cool, man. I can't wait to to chat with you about all the stuff that's going on with you and Stetson. But before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to Daytona Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Ram for their loyal sponsorship. And, you know, we've uh, completed an installation on the Dodge dealership, just getting ready to start the Maserati dealership. And, uh Got a special shout-out to our friend Daniel Dye, who was racing in the Craftsman Truck Series this year for uh, GMS. Man, it's, it's going to be a heck of a heck of a season. We can't wait. The first race is in February at Daytona International Speed, so, Speedway. So please come out and join us, and thank you for your support for the Race to Stop Suicide. Very important. Well, Emmett, here I am in your beautiful remodeled house here in the city of the land thank you so much for the opportunity to join you hey thanks so much for having me i really appreciate it well i want to know all about your background but i want to talk about this house just a minute this house is how old it's you know it says when i bought it it was 1908 but it i think it's before then to be honest with you i think it was in the 1800s uh when i when i opened up one of the floors we actually sanded some floors and a contractor said you know that that looks like middle late 1800s so oh, really? you find a lot about this place when you're in these old historical homes in uh, florida you know there's so many places like this in the in the city of the land this is just a, one of the most beautiful towns ever oh, it, it, it's it's a gem it's a gem in florida and uh i think the the downtown and the deland initiative is a really interesting model because a lot of people think florida is so new but you come here and um there's a, amazing qualities about the land that's not just a a small town but it has a really good charm to it yet you're close to the beach in orlando so yeah for sure well uh emmett Emmett and I got to know each other a little bit over the last few weeks. Our good friend Ben Collins was going to be with us today, but he got tied up. <laughs> His puppy took a walk, and uh, on the wild side, he's out there looking for him. But he'll be—he'll be—he may join us in a little bit. Who knows? Right there. But anyway, uh, Emmett, if you followed our, our series for the last fourteen years, you know we talked about renewable energy and sustainable lifestyles and. Um, healthy living and we really like talking to entrepreneurs that's really one of the things we like the most and Emmett is by far a I'm going to call him a serial entrepreneur because he's got a bunch of houses but that's not all he does Emmett take us back uh, talk about where you were born and how you got to this point sure I uh I was actually born in a in a small town in rural Virginia Culpeper Virginia it's about 45 miles from an interstate so uh that's when you know you're you're right in the foothills of the appalachians and uh you know so i grew up in a, in a small town there i have uh three siblings um you know all all doing very different things that i'm doing but when you grow up in a small town and a big family uh i i think it's always interesting especially being the baby of the family um you got to be a team player, and, and you got to go out and, and kind of make things happen. Uh, so I grew up there, and uh, one of my passions was, you know, we, we talk about um, being really active, was playing sports, and uh, really early that was a passion of mine, uh, sports and business. And uh, I went to college to play soccer, and then you really had a passion for it, and, and got into coaching, and I've uh, been. I've traveled all all around uh, the U.S. Uh, with my occupation and was in Western Maryland. I was up at Dartmouth College and in Macon, Georgia, Shreveport, Louisiana, Macon, Georgia. And now I've been in DeLand for about five years at Stetson University. So, um, 
you know, it's been a it's been a really fun ride um, being in that profession. Uh, it's a pretty transient profession, but um, it, it's you know one of my passions has also been business. And and you know when you came along, it was great because I got to learn a little bit about solar energy. Um, and and now hopefully we'll be doing our first project. So yeah, we can't wait to do that. Hey, hold on just a second. One second. Hey, folks, great news. Ben just found his dog, Otis. Holy mackerel. We had to jump up and see it. Otis went for a run over here in the land. I think he stopped by the coffee shop and maybe even Persimmon Hollow. I don't know. What do you think, Alan? <laughs> I think so. Probably had uh, found, found something that he got in trouble he with. He looked but. like he got next to a, a mad cat or something. But anyway, <laughs> sorry Ben could not join us today. He's uh, he's taking care of, of Otis. But anyway, Emmett, getting back to uh, your background here, you came from Virginia. And how did you end up uh, coming to Stetson? Sure. In the coaching profession, it's generally moving up. Uh, My first job was a graduate assistant, so I was getting my master's while I was coaching at a small school in western Maryland, uh, Frostburg State, uh, kind of an ex-coal mining town. (laughs) So um, it was a really interesting place. Uh, The weather was uh, what it sounds like. It it was pretty cold. And then uh, I took one of my first positions at Dartmouth College uh, as I was coaching specifically the goalkeepers in soccer. And then uh, my first uh, assistant job that was uh, full-time was down at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. So, um, Division One school, and then I, I was a Division Three head coach in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, at a school called Centenary College. Uh, interesting stories out there, as you know, I used to have to mow my own field and line it and do all these sort of things. And, and coaching's very entrepreneurial, to be honest. So, um, I think that's probably where I get that from, uh, business-wise. And then. Uh, I came back to Mercer as their top assistant and then came down here to Stetson afterwards. So uh, Stetson was the first Division One school to offer me a head coaching position uh, where I've been, you know, really grateful for that opportunity and, you know, fell in love with the the, the town, the university. And, you know, I, I can it, it's kind of a time warp. I, I can walk to work and I can walk to downtown. I don't know how many people right now have that sort of life uh, today. So it's it's a it's a really neat place. Yeah, really happy to be here. Yeah, and Stetson is such a wonderful university. Uh, my nephew uh, graduated from Stetson. He's got a great job out in Colorado now. So I mean, you don't leave Stetson without a job. Every, there, there's plenty of people looking for folks from Stetson, right? The, the, the network's unbelievable. Uh, just because we we have a big one in our specifically our men's soccer program and it's really neat to see the success different people's paths uh, and how successful they are and then you know when you meet other Stetson alums they're really passionate about it and they seem to do a great job in networking with each other and very successful so so what's the history of Stetson when you think of Stetson what's the first thing you think of through a big hat I know I know it's such it's a funny sort of the hatters you know everyone's like well what's your what's the what's the logo uh so it is it's uh you know i think stetson has a really neat deep-rooted history here in the central florida area i think uh the universities um you know i think it used to be more of the hidden gem and now because of the economics in florida i think it's becoming more of a not hidden regional gem it's a national brand and and that's where the school's really going uh because of the academics so it's really evolving and growing uh, as we speak and uh, that helps us on the men's soccer side because a lot of people want to come uh to a school in florida that has great academics and right by the beach so um you know i i think they're 
they're just really attracted to it, especially when you go on campus and you walk here. It, it's such a beautiful campus to yeah, walk I was going to say that if you're suffering from high anxiety, right, <laughs> uh, you can either enroll in Stetson or maybe just come on over and park your car and go for a walk. But the huge oak trees and just the environment is incredible. You sit in one of those hammocks on, on, on campus and you're just like, yeah, this is a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of the people in uh, upstate New York are doing up at Clarkson University. It's, free, it's 35 below zero, and you, you gotta you gotta uh, take a, a lighter out to heat your key to unlock the door. Uh, no, not here. Right. It, it's funny you say that. We have a few players from uh, Michigan and New York, and once they come down here, they're not, they're not going, going back. Not going back <laughs> you know, it's nothing worse than kicking a frozen soccer ball. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. One of the, when I was up at Dartmouth, uh, we played. Uh, Cornell in a, in a match and uh, I'll never forget it was the wind chill was like 20 below the ground was actually frozen and I just remember being like that this is a rough place to play in Ithaca <laughs> New York and my, and my parents are from Buffalo New York oh, so you know I, I say that with I just remember being like you know I, I, I would love to go somewhere in the south and <laughs> That's basically where I've been the last 10 years in the Southeast. Sounds like you caught on a balmy day at Cornell. <laughs> Cornell is actually downstate. I came from upstate on the Canadian border. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. oh, wow. You see Clarkson, Potsdam, and all those areas there. Yeah. Lake Placid. I mean, it's like crazy. It's beautiful. Beautiful oh, country. Oh, beautiful country. <laughs> you know, the, the people used to ask what you do in the, in the summer. I said, if it falls on a weekend, we have a picnic. You, know? <laughs> you don't get good. much summer up there, but it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Sesson's very... Very pretty. You know, we were chatting before, before this interview about um, soccer and some of the things you were telling me I, I didn't re- didn't understand. You actually have to recruit people to play soccer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people, if they're in athletics or not, you know, you hear a lot about a football, basketball, um, you know, in the media. But, yeah, here soccer, you know, you look at our roster, we have about 50% from Florida, but about a third international uh currently my assistant's over in in europe right now we we recruit globally (laughs) i was in south america last year so we're always you're always recruiting um you're always trying to find ways to win um you know we compete with ucf down the road there's seventy thousand students where we're you know around three thousand students here at at stetson in a small private liberal arts school so you you got to find your your creative ways to win and uh sometimes traveling internationally sometimes you find it right here in florida and and uh we've done a good job of keeping some of the best players in the orlando area here so Yeah, I just I, I'm trying to picture you know you're on a plane going to Paraguay and you, when you get off the plane you go okay now what you know where, where do you go you know? It, it, you know I got a funny story I remember uh, I was in in Honduras and uh, I was you know going through customs and they're like what are you doing here and I was like I'm or what what hotel are you staying at and I said you know I think it's the Marriott or maybe it's a courtyard and they said oh the the Marriott and and they're like. Well, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I was recruiting. And they're like, yeah, good luck. Like, you know, they're just like, well, they, they don't really see that happen a lot there. Uh, I absolutely loved it when I went there because you hear people doing sometimes like mission work, um, you know, in Honduras. But what a beautiful country. What a great place to go to uh, because it's not generally a destination that you say, hey, we're going to we're going to go there um, and relax and enjoy ourselves. Uh, it, it was it was unbelievable. And that's actually where you find some of the best places in the world to go visit is 
when you go there not knowing that it's uh that it's gonna be an unbelievable authentic experience and i think that's what's cool about you know my job is being able to to go to some of these places (laughs) you know when i think of honduras and some of the south american countries I don't think of a structured form of soccer. I, I think of some kids going out there, kicking a ball around, and getting good at it. I mean, is that what happens? It, it's a, it's a, it's funny you say that because they—that's what makes some of those players really good. Is that it's, uh, it's not a choice; it's more of a lifestyle. And so, when you have a player, uh, possibly in a country that uh, coming to a place like Stetson changes not just their life, but possibly their their life, their opportunity for their future, possibly kids, that they're really loyal um, to not just me, but the school, and it really makes a difference. They're so dedicated to it that it's really neat to to have individuals like that. It gives a different perspective to some other players on your team too. So that, that, that's some, that, those are the stories that are really neat to hear. So when they when they obviously graduate from Stetson, they not only have a career potentially in professional soccer, but they also have a tremendous education. Do you see them going back to their home country, or are they just sticking around here to help it, us out? It, it goes both ways. It's funny we've we've had two players in my two year tenure here uh, signed professionally. You know, I always tell guys you, you're told at some point you can't play anymore, whether that's fifteen, twenty, twenty five, or forty. So coming to a place like Stetson, you want to make sure that you're going to a university that is going to help set you up for your your future. And at some point, you can't play professional soccer, uh, you know, generally past your 30s too much. It's very rare. There's a few outliers, of course. But, you you know, with our guys, I always say you want to make sure that you're going to a place that the the degree really matters where you're learning something and then it puts you in a really good network and so what i see especially some of the international student athletes is they 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 sometimes stay here in the u.s or they're going back to their home countries um it's really about 50 50 so um and, and i don't know the rhyme or reason to that but some fall in love with it and uh, love staying over here. Some uh, might even move to a different country. So um, I think they just love the opportunity of coming to the United States for a little bit. Um, it's a great place to come. So. Well, really, and because you're playing all over the United States, I mean, gosh, they may, uh, may they might go to Alabama. Say, you know what, it's exactly. pretty cool out here in Talladega. You know? It's it's so funny you say that. We had uh, we were in California this past year, and you know about a probably about a third of the team or more had never been to California. So uh, we usually do a trip like that every year. Next year it's going to be Phoenix and then Las Vegas. And um, I think the the guys are really appreciative of it just because when you're traveling it's – it, it, it's it's a fun experience, and that, that's part of it, too. It's part of learning. It's part of growing in it. Totally. Folks, uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Take a short break. See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and it's quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credit. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. We're your Tesla-certified Powerwall installer, and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy.
Hi, folks. Back with you again. Bill Gallagher with Solar Fit. I'm here with my friend Emmett. Emmett, thank you so much for joining us one more time. I really appreciate being here. Thanks for having me. I learned so much in that first session, really. I want to, I want to go back to school. I don't think they're going to let me in. At night. They might be, be uh, do you have any janitorial positions? Hey, hey we need another coach. So, well, well, you can be, I've seen how you operate, Bill, and we need an operations guy. So, you're, you're hired. Yeah, I'm going to need an operation on my knee after coming up that stairs. You've got a beautiful place here. I'm just kidding you. But you know what? Um, I want to talk a little bit about conditioning, right? Because you are in excellent condition. I don't know if you bike, if you run. I don't know what you do. But what do you do to stay in shape? It's funny. And I to go back to some of the recruiting in my profession, I, I always tell this to the younger guys. Hey, you're you're. Uh, and I heard this. This isn't me who made this comment, but I, I love it. I stole it. And uh, it's. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And so what's funny is, as much as I'm a coach, you also, when you're around 18 to 22-year-olds playing at a Division One level, you want to stay in somewhat decent shape because those guys are in the best shape of their lives. And so uh, the perspective's tough. Um, for me, it was always a – you have these non-negotiables in your life. And – being able to exercise, it's important for me. Uh, it's always been important in my family, ingrained in us. We all, all my siblings, my father, everyone played college athletics. I think more importantly, it wasn't to look or do anything. Um, that that wasn't the reasoning. My reason is I, I honestly think it's great mentally for me. It, it just clears your mind. Um, you know, whether it's running, whether it's uh, lifting. Um, I, I enjoy all those. Uh, I would love to get more into cycling. My parents are really into it. Um, growing up in Virginia, you're on those rolling hills, and it's it's nice. Um, here in Florida, I do a lot of running, especially this time of year. Different types of running, and then uh, with just some different weightlifting, you know, uh, into it. And I just try to be efficient with my time. So um, that, that's that, that's what's really enjoyable for me. But I think it's also a really good mental uh, break for me as well. Yeah, great, great explanation. That's one of the reasons that, that uh, you know that I try to stay in shape is is the the endorphins that come as a result of exercising and the release and th- and not thinking of anything but that at the given time is just is so important. Oh, definitely, people underestimate the uh, the value of exercise. It's not just it's not that's not just physical conditioning. Right? D- definitely, I, I couldn't agree more. And and. You know, everyone's different. What what kind of uh, motivates them? What drives them? And uh, you know, being a coach at, at our level, uh, I don't coach everybody the same. And you got to feel, you know, for each individual on your team. Although we play in a team sport, you I coach different guys different ways. And, and you got to see what kind of ticks uh, people, uh, just like myself or just like yourself. And I think that's the most important part of a person is figuring out, you know, what. What makes you go? What motivates you? What drives you? Because if you're an entrepreneur, that's that's how it works in life, and that's how, how you get going. Amen. You know, and it's, it isn't just the physical condition either. There's also the uh, the mental aspect of uh, determination, right? And it's it's one thing to be really good at soccer, but if you don't have that drive to move the ball forward, you're just spending a lot of time by yourself back there, right? <laughs> exactly right. It's well put. I, t- I told you, you're on staff now with us over at Stetson. I'm going to get my check and leave. <laughs> I'm going back to the co- to the thing. No, no, but you, you have all those things, these, these things that you're trying to deal with to try to determine each individual 
what button do I push to help him get or her? Speaking of him or her, yeah. is this just men's? Uh, it's just yeah, just men's. Well, yeah. that's got to be disappointing for you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny. It's um, and it's uh, two different sports demographics uh, in recruiting, and um, that's what makes it fun in a lot of ways. Uh, but you have always coached men. Yeah, well. We're coming right off. I mean, the finals are coming up, right? Yep. I mean, this thing is the timing could not be better on it, this. Exactly, it, it's it's great that you know the sport's really growing. Uh, Americans generally are always saying, "Oh, it, it, it's it's not growing," or you know, "I don't think it'll ever take over." I think soccer. What it happens is we're now in a generation where. I grew up playing it as my first sport, and I think it back the 94 World Cup was a really big one um, because it was not a big sport. My father didn't grow up playing soccer, so he wasn't teaching me soccer. Or now you have a generation where they're starting to have kids. They might be teaching soccer. Um, and what's great about the game is uh, everybody in the world plays it. It's one of the only sports where it doesn't really matter your size. Um, and every demographic plays it. Yeah. I think that's what's really cool about it. When you're playing when, in soccer, when you look at teams, people from all different demographics, socioeconomic, cool backgrounds, it, it's so cool. You meet some really neat people, and I think it makes uh, it makes for a really neat sport. And I, I grew up playing all different sports, so um, but. Obviously, I'm, I'm a little biased on soccer. So. <laughs> well, yeah, when I grew up, we were still playing football. And, and then the last year of football, the soccer started. That was kind of had to be 60s mm-hmm. way, way back then. But, yeah. yeah, we didn't know anything about soccer. When I saw that ball, I said, there's something wrong with it. It's round. <laughs> goes, no, it, this is a game. What? <laughs> it, it's like that uh, World Cup commercial with Peyton Manning. Uh, and it, right. actually, I've been seeing it over and over during the World Cup. And it, it, you say that, and it just makes me laugh. <laughs> right. Well, I want to dive into a, another uh, entrepreneurial, uh, I guess I won't call it an event because it's a life event. But one of the reasons that, that I was so impressed with you is you own homes, you fix homes up, just like the one we're in right now. Tell me about that. Yeah, I I got the idea from you know, a friend of mine had been looking into it. I had been prepping for whenever I got maybe my first head job, I would slowly look into real estate. And um, there's so many different ways to get into real estate, whole wholesaling, flipping, um, burring, which is uh, buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. You know, if anyone listens to that Bigger Pockets podcast, uh, which is huge, big forum. And um or what I did was, it's a terminology called house hacking, where I um, bought a house and it's a quadplex and it needed a decent bit of work and I lived in one unit and renovated the others out while uh, while living in it for over a year. And then I repeated that twice over the last few years and um, it was an easy way to, to sort of build it. Um, but you know, you make a lot of mistakes that you learn from on the way. So it's been kind of an interesting ride. <laughs> well, you're you're right about that. You learn you learn for all the tacks are in the wall, and uh, it, there's so much involved. You started a project, you go, this should take about an hour, and three weeks later, you're going, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. You you have an appreciation for a lot of different things. Uh, I used to just walk into a room and you, you, you didn't really observe. Now we're in a room right now where I'm looking at it and I was like, wow, we, we put those uh, those floorboards in or we, we did those baseboards, we did that paint. And um, 
it, it, it gives you a sense of pride, even though it was really small wins and it took a while. So, um, and, and there's so many people to thank, uh, you know, kind of on the way when you're doing this. And, and I think part of the reason I love it is you can make mistakes and then you learn from them and you get better just like sports. So it, it's been a natural sort of progression for me. Yeah. And it just uh, it just grows from here, right? So, what makes what makes a person like yourself aspire to growth? Sure, it's the I think especially in today's society. Um, you know, I had done a lot of reading. I was listening to podcasts like this, where you know you're trying to figure out ways to to a lot of people especially probably in the millennial generation you're on sometimes side hustles you have two jobs now um and so real estate's a really good way sometimes of building uh it's generally slower wealth and one of the things i looked into was was how do i do this and how do i do it over a period of time and um how do I also do something that helps other people? That's what coaching is. And in real estate, some people think, oh, it's just a landlord. Uh, you know, they're not doing things, but uh, the, the the right way or they're, they're making prices higher. Well, I think what's great about this is uh, being getting into real estate is making places better and more affordable, but with better quality. And as long as you're doing it the right way, you're you're offering people a, a better place to live, um, which makes everybody happy. And then on top of it, as as you've kind of come into my, uh, as we've met over the last few months, is is sustainable growth, sustainable energy, and I, and I think that's so important as we get into real estate and uh, we get into how do we make um, you know not just Deland better, the state of Florida better, but all around the country better. Boy, what a what a great description! So we're in we're in a home right now that's over a hundred years old, and uh, Emmett's contemplating a, a solar power system on a on a solar carport. How cool is that, folks? I mean, there's awesome. multiple reasons why that makes sense. Not only from a standpoint of saving money on overhead to being able to reduce the cost for people that are renters, just like you're talking about, but also uh, Shade's a big factor here in Florida. It's hot out there, right? If you could park your car under something with a bunch of shade on it, and oh, by the way, if it had an electric car charger on it, oh, oh, oh hey. you know, and then you've got a built-in supply of endless people because, you know, if, if I were going to college and I walked into this place, I didn't care what it cost. I'm getting it. it exactly. is You look over the top, almost looking out on the campus, It's it's got that feeling in it. It's just unbelievable. It, it, it's like what you said, the sustainable growth you have – you can walk, you can bike, and that's where even the city of Delanda, I, I believe the initiative is called Deland 2050, and they're one of the towns in Florida that have done this unbelievable initiative of they want a little bit more urban style living of biking paths, running paths, um, more solar energy, and I think that's going to be the future of some of these you know towns and it gives your sense of an identity and instead of just a sense of a suburban uh brick or mortar place mm-hmm. where everything's the same and and i think that's really cool for me personally well here in deland too there's i mean every weekend there's some type of an event yeah. i don't care if you're knitting or ba- basket weave, whatever yeah, it is yeah. there's art shows like every weekend and uh 
we always uh, give our shout out to the what I call the mayor, Barb Shepherd, our mm. friend over at the Beacon, uh, making sure everything stays in <laughs> in the right lane. Right? It, it's unbelievable. Just on Fridays, right? We have the 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 market, and I think from four to nine, it's it's buzzing down there, and uh, you just see people, and that's what it's about, you know, interaction, which we took advantage of until um the last few years and and it's great to see that interaction again and people out there just exchanging ideas products and and uh i think you just get a better sense of enjoyment yeah you're you you're so right there and, and uh, i guess the answer out there folks is we're back we're back to society's getting back the way it is we're almost out of time i mean i want to thank you so much for coming on and for the hospitality in this beautiful home <laughs> thanks so much for having me and i'm really looking forward to to just keep getting better and uh, having you know some sustainable energy now in these historical homes, what what a cool concept! For sure. Well, this this is going to be one that we're going to do a drone shot of. So uh, watch our, our Facebook; that'll be coming up soon, folks. We're going to have to sign off for now. Thanks for your support once again for the race to stop suicide and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, Emmett. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. SolarFit Renewable Energy Radio Show paid for by SolarFit.